0: guys remember in infinity war when thanos got the second stone and it got to a point where you were like yeah this this guy is gonna complete his mission he's gonna do what he has to do to achieve his goal of wiping the entire universe right
1: With all six stones i could simply snap my fingers they would all cease to exist and i call that mercy and then what I finally rest and watch the sunrise on a grateful universe.
0: So at this moment in time, we are in the timeline of Patrick Mahomes being Thanos. The Chiefs are Thanos and they just got their second championship ring, Infinity Stone, however you want to call it. The Chiefs are inevitable. Hit the music. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Duo Sports & Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps and I am not joined by my best friend, my co-host, my brother, Dame Beasley. And that is because my guy and his wife, Nisi, welcomed their baby girl and boy, Joy and Josiah, into the world last week, literally... Right after we recorded our last episode on Wednesday We recorded that early Wednesday morning I say about three hours later Dane texted me and said Nisi's water broke And later on he texted me A picture of his twin baby boy and girl So if you... Follow Dane on social media. Uh, If you have his number, be sure to reach out and tell him congratulations. My guy is now a father of three. Congrats to the Beasley family. Nothing but love and support for you guys. And I will see you soon. Yeah, so there was a Super Bowl on Sunday and one of the points Dane had made on last episode that I'll kind of use that as a jumping off point is never doubting my homes. Right. Um, I'm a Broncos fan by nature. A lot of you know that if you're listening to this podcast or if you know me as a person, the Chiefs have been a thorn and specifically Patrick Mahomes a thorn in the Broncos side for years. I think it's been like 14 straight games where the Chiefs had come out on top against the Broncos and we've seen it over his career. He's been a starter in this league for five years now and he has his, he has won his second Super Bowl ring, has finished no less than AFC Championship appearance three Super Bowl appearances, won the MVP this year. He became the first MVP of the league and the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner. We like I mentioned in the top, we've come to a point like we're in the middle of witnessing one of those runs that, you know, was coming. We saw it with the Patriots with so many years with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and those guys. Right. Tom ended up winning six with the Patriots, one with Tampa Bay. Patrick Mahomes is already at his second Super Bowl at the age of 27. Let's talk about that performance. Very mediocre first half, right? The Eagles did a great job keeping the Chiefs off the field. Mahomes had like 90-something passing yards at the half. Eagles seemed like they were in control the entire first half and even a little bit into the third quarter. Um, had a 10-point lead at the half. Eagles had that weird drive with Jalen Hurts. Um, actually, that sequence of that drive was the uh, they had a third and one and they got called for a false start. Tried to run a quarterback draw the next play and Jalen Hurts fumbles. Uh, Chiefs scoop and score to tie it at 14. But those Chiefs kind of like kept that momentum going as far as being able to not get too far behind in the game and having that mentality of a lot of these players had been there before knowing that they're never out of the game one because obviously they have Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side and two knowing that anything can happen in the Super Bowl you play the game for 60 minutes um, you play till you have those zeros on the clock and you know besides that Crazy play, you know, where Jalen Hurts lost the ball. It seemed as though he had a perfect game, right? Like, I mean, he had 70 yards rushing, leading rusher for the team, three rushing TDs, 27 for 38, 304 yards passing, had that deep shot to A.J. Brown um, on the left side in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. He had a couple of nice throws to Devontae Smith on the sideline, Dallas Goddard on the sideline. He played a great game. That one play, that one play um, was the only blemish that I remember from Jalen Hurts during this game. I mean, he did everything he could to put the Eagles on top. Another important note, obviously, Patrick Mahomes had become the first black quarterback to win two Super Bowls, which is a great feat, obviously, during Black History Month. It didn't seem like it was a big offensive shootout. I mean, the score shows a 38 to 35 final score on the box score, but it's a lot of great defensive plays, especially from the Chiefs down um, towards the end of the game, holding the Eagles to 11 points in the second half after a 24 point start. But I mentioned last episode with the Chiefs defense um, during the regular season, they, they they aren't always seen as a top five defense they don't rank top five top ten in overall production but they turn it up when the when it matters the most um in particular in the super bowl in the second half when the eagles were hot making big plays down the field jalen Hurts scrambling you know he got those three touchdowns um but on those big crucial third down plays they were able to make they were able to put a little pressure on Jalen Hurts, get him out of the pocket, get him to scramble to his left specifically where he's not that comfortable throwing and just gave another opportunity for Casey to hang around in this game for Patrick Mahomes to do what Patrick Mahomes does on one leg, essentially uh, continuing to do Superman-like feats. And he took off for like a 30-yard scramble on that last drive to take the lead. It's, it's just... You know, this is where we are at this point with this team. And I originally picked Philadelphia to win the game because I assumed that that crazy Eagles defense that had 70 plus sacks during the season, third all time, could at least get one or two against Patrick Mahomes and ended up with zero, zero sacks um with that D-line that had created so much havoc for other quarterbacks throughout the season and you know tip of the cap to the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line like those guys put in work obviously through these two weeks to be able to protect Patrick Mahomes because in the last Super Bowl appearance when they played Tampa I believe in 2020 2021 season that that covid year um the Bucks were able to Frustrate Patrick Mahomes and get to the quarterback and, you know, put him on his back a lot of times and you know That was like one of the main objectives and how the Bucks came out on top was putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes um, And and when I say pressure, I mean you can you can hurry the quarterback a lot But with with Mahomes, you got to get him to the ground because he'll either one scramble and make a play down the field or to an open c- Receiver usually Travis Kelsey um, or two what he did on Sunday is scramble and run down the field, and looks like he's jogging down the field, but he's actually making a play. And so that was something that I thought the Eagles didn't do a good job of. They put pressure on Mahomes, but they weren't they weren't technically getting to him. They didn't get to him at all. Actually, you know, they didn't come up with any sacks. Um, another thing that I thought was very interesting in this matchup. What helped Philly so much throughout the season was their running game. First in the league, being able to depend on the run game to give opportunities to Jalen Hurts down the field, to also wear down the defense throughout the game. And besides Jalen Hurts 70 yards rushing on 15 carries, the Eagles outside of Jalen Hurts had 45 yards rushing. That's not ideal. And that's not ideal against a Kansas City defense that, thrives on putting pressure on the quarterback especially with Steve Spagnolo, and that you know his scheme is blitzing 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 and if you can't get a running game going that means you are usually in third and long or fourth and long situations which is prime for those blitz packages that Steve Spagnuolo um, and that defensive scheme they like to run so that was not ideal seemed like they didn't run the ball enough to kind of get yardage and try to trust in that running game that has been so good for them this year. Um, So that proved very crucial to the detriment of the Eagles. A lot of the main big talking points that media members and social media members alike have been talking about a lot is one, the field turf, the $800,000 field turf that had been grown in um, Nebraska or Iowa. Don't quote me on that somewhere in the Midwest, Oklahoma, something like that, $800,000 field turf that has been in the process of being built over the years, made, whatever man, everybody was slipping and sliding. It was a slip and slide Super Bowl on Sunday. I saw a tweet where Jalen Hurts had switched his cleats from the first to second quarter. That showed shots throughout the game of like a pile of cleats of players changing their cleat throughout the game, which is not ideal when you're on the biggest stage in football and not being able to properly cut. And thank God no one was seriously injured, but that that is not ideal for the NFL. Um, apparently it was some kind of new synthetic grass or grass that, you know, they put a lot of work and money into. But whatever that was, uh, they don't need that. I, I I just wish there was a way to get just simple grass that you and I go out and play in at a high school football game or like simple to me, seems like the better solution for the NFL. Um, but it seemed like every other play that there was a player sliding or falling on a cut on a lot of those plays where the Chiefs receivers were doing the fake jet motion sweep and going back the other way, you could see the Philly DBs were overcompensating for it and trying to recover and falling on the on the grass. And so that proved to be detrimental to the Eagles, but also the Chiefs. There were a lot of times where the receivers were falling, Patrick Holmes in the pocket, Was slipping a little bit, um, but very weird um, to see the field turf, field grass, so to speak, play a significant role on both sides of the football. And then. Probably the most talked about part of the Super Bowl on Sunday was the holding call on Bradbury, on Juju Smith-Schuster, on the drive that led to the game-winning field goal for the Chiefs. And if you look at the play, it seems like they're running like a stop-and-go kind of route, stop, stop-and-go stop wheel route on the left side Um at first glance, when you see it in game speed, it seems as though it could have been like a ticky-tack foul where the refs could have held the flag. And of course, with a moment like this, you get a thousand slow-mo shots, you get different angles and different views should have been thrown. And it seems as though if it's a holding call, the way that they interpret it in the rule book, he did hold. Now, in that moment though, With the game on the line, Super Bowl, if I'm a ref, I'm holding the flag. I don't want to be the one to decide the game in that moment. Now, the Eagles can, of course, blame themselves, blame the defense for putting themselves in that position, giving up only one incompletion to Patrick Mahomes on a throwaway in the second half. Yeah, they're part of the blame for that. That can also be true. But in that moment, I'm holding the flag. I'm not going to be the one to decide this drive where we have someone on the other side, like Jalen Hurst can go down and try to take the lead for his team, but that's neither here nor there. But I think that holding call and and in back-to-back years, if we go back to the Rams and Bengals, Super Bowl from last year, there was a holding call um, on the Bengals defense on a third and goal, I believe, and gave the Rams a fresh set of downs and also essentially killed a lot of the time for the Bengals to come back and, and you know, try to match the Rams. So for the NFL PR wise, I don't think in a, in a year where the officiating was so much of the forefront. I think it's a bad look for the NFL, again, to be in a situation where we had such a great and classic Super Bowl, right? And besides the fact that people are talking about the win, I think the second most talked about thing, if not the most, is that holding call that was called on Bradbury. And he came out and said that he did hold. Um, And I think, you know, as a player in that moment, you want to kind of do whatever you can to not blame it on the refs and seeing it as that guy. Um, are just saying what any player would say I think, in not blaming them like they took the uh, so to speak, the Eagles took the blame for the loss as they should have. Jason Kelsey said the same thing in his press conference, like not leaving up to the refs, which I totally agree with, um, but if I'm the ref i'm not I'm not throwing that holding call at all, but the chiefs come out victorious thirty eight to thirty five and just a couple of nuggets and statistics. After this game that you may not have known uh, for the Chiefs, it's their third Super Bowl victory in franchise history. Two of them coming in the Reed Mahomes era. 17-3 this season is a record, including the playoffs, their most wins in a season in franchise history. The Chiefs led the NFL in scoring in the regular season for the first time and won the Super Bowl since the 2009 Saints. And for Patrick Mahomes, he's the third quarterback to win two Super Bowl MVPs and two NFL MVPs. Um, And for the Eagles, they finished season 16-4, including the playoffs, tied for the most wins in a season in franchise history. They led the NFL with 32 rushing touchdowns in a regular season. No team has led NFL in rushing touchdowns in one Super Bowl in the same season since the 1998 Broncos. Eagles were the NFL's last unbeaten team this season after an 8 0 start. The last NFL unbeaten team that didn't win a Super Bowl was 2006 Colts. And just a couple of nuggets for Jalen Hurts, who would have went who would have won the Super Bowl MVP had they won the game. He had three rushing touchdowns, ties Terrell Davis for most rushing yards. Excuse me, rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl, and he had 70 rushing yards, most by a quarterback in Super Bowl history. Shout out to the Eagles for a great season. Um, from now on, I'm going to refer to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as Thanos because right now we're watching Infinity War. And if you guys watch Infinity War, you know what happened at the end. He got all six Infinity Stones and um, pretty much had his way. But as someone else pointed out to me, he did get his head cut off in in game. So we're not at the end game yet. But we are in infinity war when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Never a doubt, as they say um, in Chiefs Kingdom. Um, Shout out to Mahomes. Shout out to the Chiefs. Originally, I was going to have my devoted Eagles fan brother on the podcast, but I'm giving him a few days to grieve and not talk about it. I know when he hears this, he's going to laugh. Sorry about the loss, brother. A couple of other Eagles fans I know, Steve. Uh, Mark, sorry about the lost man, but we're living in Thanos timeline right now. The halftime show was incredible. Rihanna came out and performed. I'm going to have my wife, Karina Epps, come on and talk about and give her analysis of the halftime show. I have my wife, Karina Epps, here to break down the halftime performance by Rihanna. I already broke down the game itself with what my thoughts were about it, but I don't have a great analysis of the musical performance, and that's why I brought you on, Karina. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, I did not pay attention to, I would say, any of the game besides Rihanna's halftime performance, and it was very um, highly anticipated. I was excited. It's all I thought about. Anytime I watched any football game this entire season since the announcement was how excited I was to see Rihanna. In the halftime show. Um, And it exceeded my expectations. I I didn't know what to expect, but I thought it was perfect. I thought she was hot. I thought, one, is she pregnant? Oh, because, you know, if you're not trying to hide, if you're trying to hide a pregnancy, you're not going to wear the kind of fit she was wearing. So I was like, okay, is she making a statement here? Like Beyonce did when she was pregnant. But then I was like, wait, no, she's being too subtle. Maybe she doesn't care, you know, for us to know or for it to be very, you know, obvious here. But I thought, knowing, thinking she was pregnant, that the performance was everything she could have given to us. Um, people who said it was boring, I'm sorry, you're boring. You know, um, I, I don't know what. I, she's just not the kind of performer that's going to be, you know, running around the stage flipping her head back and forth. I just don't think that's her. The Songs were great. I think she included some I didn't expect and then left a couple out that I was kind of expecting. But overall, I was turned. I was waving my arms in the air, screaming, fangirling. I enjoyed it.
0: You you very much enjoyed it as we all with uh, our lovely friends the Santiago's who hosted us so thank you again if you guys are listening. Um, a, another question about Rihanna coming into her performance, Karina. There was a lot of talk about her possibly talking about a new album, a new tour, um, but she came with the the baby announcement. Uh, does this think does this make you seem like we won't get any music anytime soon from her?
1: That's exactly what I think. Uh, She was trying to tell everyone, "Chill out, stop asking for more." I'm trying to do me right now, and I'm fine with that. I um, thrive off the oldies. I don't need any new music. I'm just still um, jamming to you know, Ponda, Replay, Umbrella. Um, I've taken it way back um, in the archives to enjoy Rihanna at this current time. So she can do whatever she wants. She's hot. She's amazing. That was good enough for me.
0: And she started the performance on like top of these super smash brother platforms. Um, did you kind of feel kind of nervous for her? She was way up in the sky. We saw that she was pregnant. Uh, would you be able to do anything like that as far as performing at literally a high level?
1: Immediately? No. Um, I would probably have thrown up and then fallen off. Uh, if you did see at certain angles, you could see how much those platforms were shaking, Um, which absolutely not. I think I would have been like, (laughs) everyone stop. All right. Good enough. Let's go. Um, so that was really impressive. She did look a little nervous, but you know, I don't know how much of that was just bajillions of people watching her versus the platform was very visibly shaking.
0: And she hadn't performed in a long time, right?
1: Hadn't performed. She just had a baby having another baby. Like she was thriving in the conditions. I would have been absolutely not thriving. Pregnant, not pregnant. No. Couldn't have been me.
0: Last question about the halftime performance. Where do you rank this among the Super Bowl halftime performances that you, I won't say all the way back, but just like your recent memory of halftime performances. We have Beyonce. We have Bruno Mars.
1: No. Beyonce and Lady Gaga were my two other favorites. This is probably third of those. I would say Gaga first, Beyonce second, Rihanna third.
0: Okay, well, be sure to post this and see if others agree with you. They don't. They they? definitely don't. Okay, Uh, and then last question, not halftime related, but, you know, there were a lot of sad Eagles fans and people that we know that, you know, love Philadelphia and love the team. Um, you were happy with the outcome of Chiefs thirty eight, Eagles thirty five. Why? Why was that?
1: You know, I didn't know I was going to be happy about anything in this game um, besides Rihanna. Uh, but a coworker of mine is running the Boston Marathon and raising money, and so he um, asked if we wanted to buy squares. Which, as someone who tries to avoid the NFL as much as possible, um, I had no idea what that meant. Uh, I just said, take my money. Here you go. I don't know. Do do what you have to do. And so um, in the game, he sent this giant grid and I had no idea what it meant. I asked our friends, can you please translate this? Um, Do I even care? Probably not. All I know is someone can win money. I didn't know how I didn't know who. I didn't know what my odds were, Uh, but it became very clear to me once I had asked everyone a hundred times if I was going to win money um, at the very end that I was in a great place to win $500. And folks, I won $500.
0: She won $500 with the, uh, if you guys are familiar, the Super Bowl squares that a lot of people do during this time where you have random single digits on each side of the grid and if the team's score their last digit of their score fall in a certain grid so for instance Karina had the Chiefs at eight and they finished with 38 and she had the Eagles or the NFC at five and the Eagles finished at 35 for the final score which happened to be 38-35 and the final square was worth $500. And she won $500.
1: So, all in all, Riri plus Mula is a great time for me. So, I had a really fun time. Again, shout out to Chris and Corey for providing a delicious spread of food. Um, I was so distracted by the snacks and by Rihanna that I honestly did not know I was about to win $500. So, um, it was a great experience. I love gambling. Sports are now my passion. um, Now that I have won money doing it. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for your halftime analysis. Thank you for spreading your um, money-grabbing, square-winning—I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but you won the squares. Thank you for that. Oh, and
1: you're
0: welcome. Um, what, is this your fourth appearance on the duo?
1: I don't know. They're few and far between. I can't really remember.
0: Well— with Dane in absence, I may have to grab you next episode on something very random.
1: Okay, don't ask me anything sports related.
0: And there she is, my wife, Karina Epps. Bye. Thank you so much. And now it's time for. What's that sound? No! Nerdy news segment brought to you by shout out to Keith. I try to do it in Dane's voice. So usually Dane and I break down all the trailers of the Super Bowl and the nerdy trailers that we have for the Super Bowl this year with the Flash, which is coming out in June and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is coming out in May. Both crazy, crazy trailers. Um, I'm not going to talk about those until Dane comes back. We also had The Last of Us Episode 5. Incredible episode. Um, not going to talk about that as well until Dane returns in a few weeks. So by that time, we'll have a few episodes in the catalog to talk about, so to speak. Um, But what I will discuss for a short bit is what I expect from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania... It's here. He is here. Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Super excited to see this movie. Of course, we know Kang is coming in as the big, bad, Thanos-esque villain of Phase 5. Possibly Phase 6 and 7. And man, his presence already on these trailers and in these trailers is something that can only be described as... It's weird to have this feeling of wanting the villain to win, so to speak. Um, I think that's kind of to attribute to Jonathan Majors as an actor and wanting him to succeed, I guess, as an actor. But you could have an actor. so good on screen and not win as the villain if that makes sense but it's been funny and dane and i have talked about a lot on the podcast about him being victorious during black history month as a joke but just how ant-man and possibly the wasp and the rest of those characters seem like they're going to be in a rough time this movie and you know in the clips talks of kings killing different variants of avengers and I think when we get introduced to this villain or what we come out of the movie as is something that's obviously going to be a threat. And I have a prediction on this movie that I've not seen any spoilers, first of all, but I have a prediction on this movie that we see Kang in the trailer. And I think Dane may have mentioned this as well, but I'm going to back him up on this theory if he did mention it so he doesn't get mad at me. I think we see multiple Kangs in this in this film. Um, I think there'll be a point where Ant Man, the Wasp, and his crew kind of defeat a Kang in in the movie at some point, and then I think at some another point we'll see another one pop up. I don't know in what capacity, or, you know, what kind of threat level this particular Kang will be compared to the other one, but it'll be to a point where we as an audience understand that this guy, the, the multiples of him, so to speak, are going to be prevalent. Um, for the next few movies and overarching theme of this phase. And I think John and the majors who going to have an incredible year with this movie in Creed three, um, is just going to show his range, which he briefly showed in the Loki series of how incredible of an actor he is. I just predict. And now, now a lot of people are predicting the death of Scott Lang Ant-Man. I won't go that far yet. I think he'll get beat down pretty bad. But I'm not going to go to the point that we we lose Ant-Man, Scott Lane. But I do think Hank Pym is on Gone Watch, so to speak. I don't think it looks good for him. So that'll be my prediction of who we may lose in this movie. But short synopsis, or so short preview, so to speak. I'm so excited to see this movie. Kareem and I are going to see it Thursday night. Once you guys listen to this episode, uh, tell me what you guys think of what you... Predict for this episode, or excuse me, for this movie, and even shoot me a DM on the low after we've seen it, what you guys thought of the overall movie. I'll post what I thought quickly, you know, spoiler-free, obviously, because they have those spoiler people out there, so be weary of that. Yeah, just my short little thoughts on what to expect. But that will do it for episode 98 of the Duo Sports & Stuff podcast. Remember, you can hit us up on Twitter, social media, TikTok, at Duo SNS Podcast. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about everything. Appreciate y'all rocking with us for as long as you have. Episode 98, episode 100, right around the corner. So we appreciate it very much. Keep rocking with us like y'all do, man. And I'm out.